Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through a podcast, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Uh, today's message is called, So That's the Church. And I wanted to talk today about what the church is because I believe that it's vitally important for you and I to get on the same page of what the local church is supposed to look like, what the local church is to be, because uh, in our world, we have so many different definitions. And what I've come to learn in my life is that if I don't understand the purpose of something, then I will misuse or underutilize what it was actually designed and created for. If you don't understand the purpose, you misuse it. A really good example of that we got in uh, this, these last 12 months was there was a young lady who was looking for a new hairspray. And as she was searching for the hairspray that she needed, she decided that in order to get the best bond, that perhaps Gorilla Glue adhesive spray was going to be the thing that she needed for her hair. Now I will tell you, it did stick. It didn't move. But when you don't understand the purpose of something, you'll end up misusing it. And, and not only that, it reminded me of a story. I was thinking when Tori and I, we uh, bought our first house back in October. And when we bought this house, we were like, yo, we need a new knife set. You know, when you move, you need a knife. So one day, uh, Tori comes home, I'm in the kitchen, and uh, I'm cutting the cheese, and I know what I said, you know. <laughs> I'm in the kitchen, I'm cutting some cheese, and she looks at me, and husbands, you know this look really well. It was the what the heck are you doing look. And I'm using this knife, and she looks at me, and she says, that's the wrong knife. I said, no, it's not. We have a knife set. I was going to cut something. I grabbed the knife from the knife set, and the knife is doing, she said, no, you don't, there's this thing called a cheese knife. And she pulled out this cheese knife, and I began to use the cheese knife. And I'm just going to tell you, my world was changed. <laughs> because when you utilize something in its intended purpose, it actually fulfills the design that it was created for. And so here's what I think in 2021, we've got a lot of people that are saying, the church isn't working. The church doesn't work for me. I don't show up to church on Sunday because I don't need church. The church isn't working, but I would propose to you that maybe the reason why it doesn't work is because we're not using it or utilizing it in the way that God intended it. Because yeah. it's not that the church isn't working. It's that maybe we're not working with the church the way we were designed to. And so if you have your Bible, go with me to Acts chapter two. We're gonna uncover and unpack a passage of scripture that I believe gives us a good grasp at what the church should look like. Acts chapter two, verse 42 says this. It says, all the believers, notice it said, oh, I didn't say half the believers, some of the believers. When the New Testament writers were writing this passage of scripture and they were talking about those who followed Jesus. This is what they said about those people. 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. If you wanna know what the church looks like, we don't have to look any further than God's word. Because in our world today, what people are going to try and convince you and I of is that in 2021, we need to change God's design of something. But God's word is filled with truth and that truth is timeless. We don't need to change God's word. I think we need to go back to it. We need to get back to the way God intended for the church to look like. And I believe that it consists of three things that we find in this passage of scripture. And it's this, corporate gatherings, serving in groups. If you wanna know what the church looks like, it looks like corporate gatherings, serving, and groups. If you take any one of those three elements out, you have a good feeling and you have a good idea, but it's not the way God designed the church. It's like trying to bake a cake with three ingredients and you just forget one. You know what, you ain't gonna have a good cake. It takes all three of them. But in our world today, what we do is we pick and choose the one that we like. And so maybe Sunday mornings is a little inconvenient because it's our only day off. So we'll pick groups, but we won't pick corporate gatherings. Or or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you just wanted to plug into a church and fade into the background because you don't really want to get to know people. You're introverted. And, And I think there's nothing wrong with being introverted, but... There's a difference between being isolated and being connected to God's people and being wired differently, right? right? So as we look at God's word, we need those three things. So when I talk about corporate gatherings, I'm talking about gathering with your church on Sunday morning. And here's what, I'm gonna teach this message today and I know I'm talking to Propel Church, but I believe this is a message for the church as a whole, not just our church. Um, and, And here's what I want you to hear me say. If Propel Church is not the place that you feel like you can call home, we wanna help you find that church. I'd rather you be plugged in and thriving in another church than sit here and be miserable. That's not the goal. God designed you to thrive in the local church. And so we wanna help you get planted. So when we talk about corporate gatherings, you need to meet weekly, consistently with your local church. And the reason why corporate gatherings are so important It's because something powerful happens when God's people get together despite their circumstances and situation and show up for one reason, which is to glorify and honor him. There's power in those moments. And so for some of us, we've casually attended church on holidays or we came once or twice a year. If you look at statistics, what statistics say is that the average person comes to church 
1.4 times a month, which works out to like one in every three to four weeks. That's normal. But see, my grandparents grew up in a generation where they had like 10 week long revivals, you know, where they showed up to church every single night of the week. And it wasn't like this inconvenience thing. They were excited to be in the presence of God. My parents grew up in a generation where you went to church on Sunday mornings and you went on Sunday nights and you went on Wednesday nights. Come on, some of y'all, you knew that was the way that it went. See, my generation, just grew up going on Sunday mornings, and that was it. And here's what I'm concerned about. I think my kid's generation is gonna ask, what is the church? Because if you watch the progression, we've just been kind of trickling down less and less and less, and we've stopped gathering with God's people consistently, and we've made corporate gatherings just something that we do occasionally, maybe on Christmas and Easter, or when one of our friends is actually making a decision. But I believe that God has called us to gather together as a church and not just make it an event, because church is not an event you attend. It's a community that you're a part of. That's why corporate gatherings matter. Because this is not an event you come in one day a week. This is a community that you belong to. This is a community that you're a part of. This is a place where you are connected, where you have friendships and relationships and you are growing in your faith. If your desire is to find a checkbox church where you can come in and feel good when you leave and just check it off like you did something, that's not God's design for your life. It might make you feel good, but it's not God's design. God's design for you is to gather corporately with people. And I love the verbiage that Acts 2.42 gives us. It says, all the believers devoted themselves. Circle that word devoted. Because we live in a world that's divided, not devoted. Most of us are more committed to our Netflix subscription than to the house of God. Like we're divided. We've got idols and we've got things that we've given all of our attention and time and energy to. But if you wanna look back at the original church, the church that was thriving, the church that God's thumbprint, fingerprint and design is all over, these were people who devoted themselves to a house. Which is why we believe that the best thing you can do is to be planted in the local church, not to be potted. For a lot of people, we're not planted, we're potted. And when you pot a plant, it stunts its growth long-term. Like it might be a good transitional thing. It's it's why, can I be, I only got 24 minutes. I hate church shopping. Because the church is not something that you go and approach with your consumeristic mentality. If you approach the relationship that you have with the local church from the standpoint of only what you can get out of it, you will at some point find yourself miserable. Because the church is not something that was designed to just be something that fuels every need you have. The church was a community that you got to be a part of to where your, your giftings meets the world's pain. The church is way more about giving than receiving. Where we choose to use what God's given us. We need to devote ourselves to be intentionally connected. As we keep reading in Acts chapter two, verse 44 and 45, it says that 
all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. And we read that and we go, man, that's a little extreme, you know? But here's what it shows me. What those people in the early church realized is that the reason why God has given us the things he's given us is for the sole purpose of serving others. The reason why you've been blessed with money and why I've been blessed with money is so that we can serve other people. The reason why God has given you gifts and talents and abilities is so that you can use those to serve other people. That's what serving really is. And when we make serving more than just something that we do when we give our time, or we make serving something more than, than just showing up on a weekend, like serving is about leveraging what God has entrusted you with so that more people who are in need can find healing and hope in Jesus. Yeah. And here's what I've learned about serving. Most of us serve only when we feel like it. But can I be honest with you? There are plenty of times in my life where I don't feel like serving. There's times where I've got a lot going on. There's times where I'm tired and exhausted and feel like I don't have anything else to give. But serving is not something that we do just when we feel like it. And serving is not about convenience. Serving is about calling. Serving is about the standard that God has called every single believer to. And what happens is when you and I look at everything that God has given us for sending Jesus to die in our place, what we see is that our natural response to understanding what God did for us is to give back to the one who gave so much for us. Serving's not about convenience. It's not about when I feel like it. Think about this. You think Jesus felt like washing the disciples' feet? I hate feet. Some of y'all got nasty toes. But what scripture doesn't say when we see Jesus washing the, the feet of the disciples is that he got to the feet of Peter and saw his nasty feet and said, look, man, not today. Go wash your feet first and then I'll serve you. Now what we see when Jesus washes the feet of Peter is that he washes the feet of Peter knowing that Peter's going to do him wrong. Jesus even washes the feet of Judas knowing that Judas would betray him because it's not about convenience. It's not about what other people do. It's about the standard that God has called every single believer to. You think that's not a good enough example? Jesus didn't even feel like going to the cross. If you look at the garden, Jesus is going, hey man, if there's another way, can we do that? This is difficult. This is hard, but, but he's completely obedient to the plan of God. He understands his calling. And he says, Lord, it's not my will, but yours be done. So even though right now I might not feel like it, I'm going to make the choice to go, and I'm going to make the choice to serve. And I know that when I make the choice, choices lead and feelings will follow. If you've ever had this goal or idea of losing weight, and you were gonna start going to the gym, you know choices lead, feelings follow. You don't feel, for some of y'all like, y'all wake up at like 4 a.m. and you go to the gym. I pray for you. But here's what, you, you've got a better grasp on it than I do. Choices lead, feelings follow. 
Because what I feel like doing at 4 a.m. is keeping my eyelids closed. Come on. We've got to be people who don't make serving about convenience or make serving about something that we get from it, but rather it's an understanding of what God has given us, which is why I love what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift, whatever gift. Some of y'all got uh, very public gifts. Some of you have private gifts. Whatever gift you have, use it to build your own kingdom, advance your 401k, get that promotion. That's not what it says. Right. Why, why have you been given gifts? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. Which means, hear me say this, that in the event that we are not using our gifts to serve others, we are not being good stewards of God's grace. Because to be good stewards of his grace is to use our gifts to serve other people. And so here at Propel Church, what, and we have Sunday morning gatherings, but when we talk about serving, serving happens in two primary ways. It happens inside of our church and outside of our church. So inside of the, the local church, when we serve, what that's called for us is we call it the dream team. And those are people who show up week in and week out and pave the way. They use their gifts so that people can meet Jesus. They use their gifts to serve others and the reason why we call them the dream team and not volunteers is because we believe that you were created to be more than a warm body that fills a position. You were meant to use the gifts that God's given you and to be passion filled with purpose and excited for the opportunity. Think about this, that the creator of the world would look at you and me and decide to partner with us to help more people know Jesus. That's a privilege. So we consider serving here a privilege, a privilege to have the opportunity to give back to a God who gave so much for us. And so serving here at Propel Church is, is a big role and a big part of what we do. This is the church. And what the dream team looks like is everything you see from from the parking lot. So from the moment you pull in and you see somebody with a smiling face who's like happy, like that they're there because they're using their gifts to glorify and honor God. Back in our kids' ministry, here's what I want you to know. While it, for some of you, you are so pumped for the breath of fresh air and the break you get from your kids, it's not babysitting. There are people back there who are using their gifts to establish anchors of biblical truth in the hearts of kids that they might grow up and love Jesus and serve Jesus with their whole life. This isn't babysitting. We don't take it casually or lightly. It's a privilege to serve God. So people are backing kids using their gifts. Come on, praise God, there are people that make coffee. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Some of y'all who aren't morning people, you know you need the coffee. There are people who are using their gifts to greet you and wave at you. Some of you, you're like, that's not me. I'm not, you, don't make me wave at people. I don't wanna wave at nobody. That's why we have an an admin section, right? There's some behind the scenes work. There's people who pave the way to take all of the data. And when you submit prayer requests, they send it to the people who are praying over you. And maybe you're, you're, 
you're gifted in the area of music. And, and so there's the worship team who serves faithfully to use their gifts to glorify and honor God. Now, worship's a little different than most areas. There is an audition process because here, here's the thing. Some of y'all, you grew up in a church where if you love the Lord, you got to sing. It said use the gifts that God's given you, not the gifts you think you have. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all got too many American Idol friends that tell you you are awesome and you never should have made it to the audition process. <laughs> there's areas like production where, see, right now there are, uh, there's people who are in a, a room back here. You'll, you never see them, but they're managing the live stream. And when they click buttons, like stuff on the screens happen and it goes out into the interwebs. And I'm just telling you, it's awesome. There's people that do all that. You've got gifts. And when you utilize them in the local church, people meet Jesus. The second thing, I gotta keep going. Second thing is this, we use our gifts to serve our community, to give back because if a church only serves itself, it's not a church, it's a country club. The church was designed to get outside the walls to help more people meet Jesus. And so one of the ways that we do that is through outreach and something really intentional that's coming up on July 10th, we have this thing called Serve Day. And if you've been a part of Propel Church, you know that we are passionate about Serve Day. We love Serve Day, but here's what we do on Serve Day is we have outreach projects that are spread all across our communities. And so there'll be a free car wash out here and there'll be people who are serving and they're giving, doing free car washes and hot dogs and while they're doing all that, they're also cooking hot dogs for every fire department in Cabarrus County to give back to the first responders. There's people who were, last year I had the opportunity to lead a project where we renovated the animal shelter in downtown. And here's the thing, with all of these projects, if you know somebody, I've been itching to build a handicap ramp for about two years, so if you know somebody that needs one, I'm just telling you, I'm ready. <laughs> here's why I tell you all about Serve Day. Because A, I want you to mark your calendar, it's coming up. But it's also a part of the, the network of churches that we're a part of. There will be thousands of churches all across the world on July 10th that are choosing to take this day and serve their community. And here's the thing, we don't tell you that we need a special offering to do it because we budget accordingly and we pay for every single bit of it because we believe that giving back to our community is one of the greatest things we can do. That's why people sold their possessions as they gave to those in need and they got outside of the little group and the holy huddle and they chose to serve their community. Church is about corporate gatherings. It's about serving. Let me read this last verse, Acts chapter two, verse 46. It says, they worshiped together at the temple each day and then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared meals with great joy and generosity. So did you notice it didn't just say that they met at the temple, right? It didn't just say that they had those corporate gatherings where they, they showed up on a Sunday or they showed up on a Wednesday and everything was good. But then outside of that, they met in homes. And here's what I'm, I can guess about your house you don't have the space to fit 200 people. <laughs> the reason why it's important for you and I to not just do church on Sundays, but to also be involved 
in something that gets us out of the church and into the home of somebody else is because you need to begin to build real relationships with people. Because as you come into church on a Sunday morning, here's the thing. We can talk at the door and I can say, hey, how was your week? And you go, you know, pastor, I am too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed, right? Like you, and here's what I know. You lie. (laughs) You walk in and you say, I'm good. And you come to your seat and you sit down and you cry during worship and you weep because externally you're pretending that you're good, but internally you know that you are broken and you got some junk going on. And here's the Here's the issue, is that people then leave and then they get mad and they say the church wasn't there for me in in my hard time, but you lied to them the whole time. You blamed the church, but they thought you were doing fine because they never got to see the real you. They saw the you that you wanted them to see. And so you need to get plugged into a group because people meet the real you in groups. I can fake it for an hour on Sunday mornings when there's 100, 200 people around. But when I get around people and we start to do life together, they get to meet the real me. They get to see the me that I've been trying to pretend is not there all week. They get to meet the real me that has issues, that's not perfect, that doesn't have it all together. They get to see that that I don't have to really fake it. I can be honest and vulnerable and transparent. What groups provide is they provide a safe place for you to take the mask off that you've been wearing all week and for you to get really honest with people and to say, it's not really going that well right now. If I'm honest, I think that that's the thing that people need most because we live in the most connected generation but the most isolated at the same time. And the reason is, is because we use social media to promote what's going well, not the areas where we're really struggling. And so the only thing you look at all day is everybody's highlight reel, realizing that you've got some stuff going on. And the only way that you're gonna thrive in your relationship with Jesus is for you to get really honest with a smaller group of people, where you meet those people and you get to see that Man, when, when you get in a group, here's what I love. When you get in a group and you begin to get vulnerable about, vulnerable about what you actually have going on, here's what you realize. Man, half the people in your church are just as jacked up as you are. <laughs> you realize that, man, I thought they were perfect. I thought they had everything going on on the outside. Then you, you realize that they've got issues too. And what I love about groups is, I tend to find that the thing you're struggling with, normally in a group, you've already had somebody come on through the other side of it, and then they're able to speak wisdom and grace into the middle of your situation, and you've normally got somebody that's going through the exact same thing at the same time. So then you have the ability to have encouragement and people who love and care for you. And my heart for you as, as the pastor of this church is that you would get into a group not because I care at all about how many uh, groups we have or how many numbers we have in each group. I care because I believe that the greatest way for the enemy to destroy you is to isolate you. But the number one way you get out of isolation 
is that you connect in biblical community. So you need to be in a group. And that's what today is really all about. I, I did the message in this way to tell you about what the church looked like because I think some of us just do Sunday mornings and we just do serving, but we never really take that step to get plugged into biblical community. And if you leave any of these three things out, you've got a good idea, but it's not the church. So when we get in a group, it matters. And so uh, what you're going to see and what you were handed a second ago um, was this thing that has a list of all the groups that are available here at Propel Church during the summer. Here's one of the things that you'll notice. At Propel Church, we host this thing called free market groups, which means um, I believe that it's my job as the pastor to help you figure out how to use your passion for God's purpose. So what churches have done in the past is they've said, hey, you stop what you're doing and just come do what we're doing, and then we'll call it discipleship. I think God gave you gifts and he gave you passions. He probably gave you some weird hobbies for a reason. And if you can leverage those for the kingdom, you're going to experience more life change. And so in these groups, you're going to notice that a lot of them, they're people that just have fun. And every single group you get in at Propel Church consists of four things. We call it ESPN, encouragement, scripture, prayer, and next steps. So every one of these groups is going to contain a a, a scriptural element to it. But we've got Propel Kingdom Kids, which is a kids group. It's the first time we're hosting a kids group with Courtney Jacobs. It's gonna be incredible. So parents, today I would encourage you, stop by her table, find out some more information about that. We've got a bowling night. Come on, who doesn't like bowling? I'm bad at bowling, I'm gonna be honest with you. I might need to join that to up my game. Um, (laughs) Elevate the experience with, with, bowling's with Jeremy Myrtle. Elevate the experiences with Darren Zook. What you see on a Sunday, you see lights and you see, well, there's more lights and there's screens. (laughs) That's what happens when you forget where you were going in a sentence. But what Elevate the Experience is, is to kind of give you a behind the scenes peek and and they're going to be renovating and tweaking production stuff throughout the entire summer. So if you're curious about that kind of stuff, this may be a great group for you. You'll notice we have two disc golf groups. There's one group that's traveling to different disc golf courses. There's another that's going to be in Oakborough every single week. There's a foodies group. Come on, I love food. There's a movie night. There's workouts. Praise God for, for that. <laughs> There's a game night. There's a Bible study called Dad Tired, which I'm really excited about. You'll hear more Uh, about dad tired next week but um man matt and mike moore are hosting that propel students um students are from sixth grade through 12th grade so parents um we would love to partner with you this summer and get your students connected you can do that and then memory makers is a outreach group and i was talking with patsy earlier this morning and she was sharing with me that uh you know there are people who um are getting up there in age that are homebound and what memory makers is is it's a group of people who are getting together to go to these people who are homebound and encourage them and it really help them stay connected and stay out of isolation because uh, for some isolation's a real real danger and it's not only a danger for them it's a danger for all of us but when you're homebound it it gets even harder 
to do life. So those are some group options. And here's what I want you to know about groups. The group semester lasts for seven weeks. Say seven. 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 All right, 9 a.m. We're going to try it again. You, you were 50% there. Say seven. seven. Come on, seven weeks. So what this looks like is if your group is on Monday, it's going to meet seven times. You say, well, I'm on vacation. That's okay. It's going to happen. But I would encourage you this summer to commit to biblical community, to get involved and get connected with a group because as you do that, it's gonna make a really big difference. And because I believe this, um, every healthy believer of Jesus prioritizes attending church, serving, and groups. If you prioritize those three things, I think you'll actually begin to experience health. If you leave any of those out, there's gonna be some missing pieces from God's design of the local church. And the good news is as we prioritize attending and serving in groups, Acts 2.47 is really good news. It says, and all the while they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Isn't it cool that in 2021, we don't have to figure out a new growth strategy for the local church. We don't have to figure out how to make the church grow. God gave us a promise that he would build his church. And the way that he adds to that number daily is he says that there were these people who attended church. They were devoted to a community. They served inside and outside the church. They gave to those who were in need and they met in homes. They took that step and they got connected. And when they did that, people got saved. He said, well, how's that work? I don't know, but that's God's plan. That's God's system. And when we roll by God's system and design, we get to experience the life change that he has for us. And so today for all of us, I think the next step is to make the decision to find a group to build biblical community. And as a result, we will see more people meet Jesus. Church, will you stand to your feet with me for just a moment? Um, at this time, I'm going to uh, dismiss group leaders, those who are leading a group this summer. You can go out, um, go ahead and get at your table. And uh, I'm gonna pray for us in just a second. But as I get ready to do that, um, at the table out there, um, outside, there are tables you can connect with those group leaders. Um, in addition to that, I wanna let you know, parents, uh, don't rush back to get your kids. They got them under control. You leave them there for a few minutes while you go find a group where, while you connect. We've got it covered. But for some of us in here today, we talked about what the church looks like and how when a church commits and does those things that people meet Jesus. You're here today and you desperately need to meet Jesus. Maybe you've walked away from faith. Maybe you've been playing games with God. Maybe you realize that, that not just church was something that you made all about convenience, but your relationship with God was all about convenience. I believe that today is the day where you throw that stake in the ground and you make the decision to say, hey, today I give God my life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed in the room today, 
if that's you and you'd say, hey, hey Pastor, I, I need to get right with God. I wanna surrender my life to him. Would you lift your hand for a moment and say, hey, that's me. I wanna make that decision. Here's what we're gonna do, church. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www.propel.church/hub. That leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in and we hope to see you again soon.